Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. It's interesting, interesting how God works. Uh, a couple years ago, I was in India looking for a place, opportunities for this church to be connected to the Church of God in, in India. So I was touring with uh, Richard Fields, and we were up in the northeastern corner of, 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 uh, of India, up near Siligari. And we are, at this time, currently partnering with several churches in that area, Church of God. So uh, we are involved with India right now. And, but anyways, as God would have it, um, I ran into Kirk um, while I was in India. Uh, I was part of a videography group, and he teamed up with them a little bit later on down the southern part of India. So I did get a chance to, to meet with him several years ago. didn't even know who he was at the time. Um, but Kirk Bookout has served as the Director of Development of Children of Promise for the past five years. Before that, he served uh, for 11 years at the Church of God Ministries with an emphasis in fundraising visiting churches, speaking, and with the Church of God Foundation. He has also served as a pastor for almost 30 years and as an associate director of Ohio Ministries. He's thankful to so many who have opened these doors of opportunity while he has enjoyed everything he's done. Children of Promise is the most satisfying work he's experienced. Uh, him and his wife, Debbie, uh, or, or, he, or his wife, Debbie, teaches in Indiana. Debbie and Kirk have two adult children. So please uh, welcome Kirk Bookout. Um, thank you. After he talked about your pastor, I was really nervous about how this introduction thing was going to go. We can take that picture down. That's me five years ago. Just makes me feel older. I told the Saints School class this morning that I was in the Dominican Republic a week and a half ago, and a teenage girl walked up to me and through an interpreter said, are you a hundred years old? I did not like that. <laughs> I am Kirk Bookout. I've been at Children of Promise now for five years. I have never, uh, during a message, publicly talked about how I ended up at Children of Promise. And about five years ago, I was working at Church of God Ministries, the national offices of the Church of God Ministries, minding my own business. And Paul Maxfield, the executive director of Children of Promise, called me up and said, stop by my office. At that time, we were in the same building and they were down in the basement. And so I went down to Paul's office, fully believing I was going to go out to lunch with him. And I sat in a chair and he said, Kirk, I'd like for you to come and work at Children of Promise. I did not even know there was a job available at Children of Promise. So I was really stunned. I told him I would think about it. I walked outside. School was just about ready to start for my wife, but it had not started yet. In fact, this week is the end of five years at Children of Promise, and it's five years ago. And so I called my wife and I said, Debbie, I've been offered a job at Children of Promise. My wife got really quiet for a minute and she said, I've not told you this, Kirk, which made me wonder about what other things she has not told me. That's a whole different sermon. <laughs> but she said, for the last year, I've been praying, maybe you could go to Children of Promise. And so I walked back to Paul, and I instantly said yes without asking a single question. So I get home that night, 
And Debbie and I are talking about how the change is going to be and celebrating and what a wonderful thing it's going to be. And eventually, Debbie says, by the way, how is this going to affect our income? <laughs> she pays all the bills. So this is exactly what I said to her. Why do you care? You prayed me into the job. <laughs> I get paid electronically. I've never opened the envelope. I just hold it, hand it to my treasurer and walk away. It's all her fault. So it's kind of a fun thing. So that's the story of how I ended up at Children of Promise, but there's a rest of the story to this. So I'm excited, I have a new position. I'm going to be at Children of Promise. I call one of my brothers, I have three. He's down in Alabama. And I say, I'm going to Children of Promise. And he said, what's Children of Promise? And so I told him about it, how Children of Promise now is in 30 countries around the world, 27 at that point, and how we would be helping the poorest of the poor around the world. And my brother said, well, what are you doing for American kids? That was the start. And I've since learned from that, I have two separate answers for that. One is the answer I give to my brother, and if you have attitude, I'll give it to you too. <laughs> that answer was, Scott, I am so glad you care so much for American kids. What are you doing to help America kids? And that ended the conversation, which made all of us happy. The second answer is if I'm nice, and I'm going to give you the nice answer today. We can go to the very first scripture, uh, the next slide. And I turn to Acts 1.8. These are the last words of Jesus according to the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is ready to ascend to his Father in heaven, and he's speaking to those who are around him. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where they were at the time, just like you are his witnesses right here where you are in Butler, Pennsylvania, in Judea and Samaria, which was the greater area, but not just the greater area, the greater area among those who were very much like them but the Samaritans were very much unlike them and looked down on to the great area, to those who are like you and not like you. you uh, Western Pennsylvania can be Judea, Ohio can be Samaria. So you have a greater reach. <laughs> I don't say that when I'm in Ohio. <laughs> and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Children of promise is only one way that your church is his witness to the end of the earth. Any church can have a worldwide ministry. Any individual can have a worldwide ministry. He calls us to be his witnesses. In fact, I'm totally convinced that for a church to really be a church, it is the very nature of God to reach out. It was the nature of Jesus to reach out. It was his call to reach out. And if we are his people, we'll reach out, won't we? Any church that is only about themselves and what we can do only for ourselves, in my mind, is really not a church. Part of the nature of being who you are in Butler is that you reach out beyond your walls. I, I told Ray, this is a bucket list church for me because you have a long history 
of reaching out beyond your walls. A couple years ago, I was in Zambia, which was a really special experience for me because that's where my child is sponsored. And I took the picture of this little girl in a village in Zambia. I don't know why, I just love that picture. And I put it together and I have a little poster in my office that I put together with this girl that, that I just love the picture, but with the scripture that, that I put with it. It's from Isaiah 58. If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. I am here today and I'm excited today because I have an opportunity to say thank you to this church. You have been awesome with Children of Promise and we are only one way that you reach out beyond the world to the world and you are doing exactly what this scripture is talking about. You're doing it as a church and you are doing it, many of you who are individuals here, and I wanna say thank you for what you do. Children of Promise really only does four core things, which really means we do much more than that. It's listed, if you've already read the insert, one of the things that we do for children is we provide nourishing food in 30 of the countries, all 30 countries we're in around the world. All of our children need nourishing food. I mentioned that I was in the Dominican Republic a week and a half ago, and I was in this tiny little village. And that I was in front of what I would call a shack. If you have a shed for your lawnmower, it's far better than the house this woman and her two children live in. And one of the leaders of Children of Promise told me the story of this woman with two children. How many, let me, how many of you have been on trips around the world to really poor countries? And there's more who would lift their hands except they're on a trip around the world to really poor countries. And it is hard to explain. With 200 pictures, it would be hard to explain the absolute sea of poverty there is around the world. Uh, in Zambia, for example, the unemployment rate's 85%. It's not a matter of just going out and being industrious and getting yourself a job. It is an ocean of poverty. There's just no way. They told the story of this woman who went out every day looking for work. She could do anything she could find to do and that it was not unusual for her to make enough money in one day to buy one cup of rice. And from that one cup of rice, she fed herself and her two children with only food that they had in the day. And I'm shaking this woman's hand and her eyes are full of tears. Her tears are not for me. Her tears are thankfulness to God. And there's somebody among God's people who cared enough to make that kind of difference. She's talking about people like you. I'm so thankful to you. Children of Promise takes care of health care, whatever that means, whether it's large or small. Again, in the Dominican Republic, Dominican Republic had a lot of health needs with the groups that I met. And I was with a, a family and met a little girl who I think was maybe 10 years old. She had been diagnosed with epilepsy. But this family did not have enough money to buy their own food. There was no way they could buy the medicines that this girl needed for epilepsy. And yet she's getting that medicine because she's a Children of Promise sponsored child. And because of that sponsor, the medicine is there 
Children of Promise covers small things, but we cover the really big medical expenses too. I mentioned in a Sunday school class today, we have an emergency medical fund for that. We have never once turned down uh, an opportunity to do the big thing that is needed to do. And that happens because there are people like you in the United States who reach out beyond themselves and their light rises in the darkness, just like your light does too. We provide the means for a child to go to school. We pay for the education. In 29 of the 30 countries that we're in, the government requires that a child go to the education slide and we'll be okay. Uh, the, the, thank you. The government requires that a child wear a uniform and they pay school fees. The vast majority of the children who are children of promised children would never get to go to school. If you go to all 30 countries that we're in and we ask what is the key for a child to break this cycle of generational poverty, they all will say it's education. Education gives them hope of getting out. And over our 27 years of experience, my, we have produced pastors and teachers and doctors and lawyers and government workers and business people and techies and a dozen other things and children who have gone out and maybe bought a used sewing machine too and started a little sewing business or become a mechanic or, or drive a bus. But we have changed lives dramatically and the cycle of poverty has been broken because education is the key. Every children a promised child has to go to school. And the child's children that are sponsored, the 56 children who through this church are sponsored all get to go to school and they know it is their hope of changing their life. And the fourth thing that Children of Promise does is every child must go to church where they hear about a God who loves them and cares for them and it makes all of the difference in the world. They are discipled in Christ. Kyle Hayes, who is the missions pastor at Salem Church near Dayton, Ohio, went to Myanmar and he came back from Myanmar and he said, Children of Promise is the pipeline of next generation leadership around the world. And that is certainly true. I'm here today to say that your light, Butler, is rising in the darkness. You are making a real difference in real lives. I have seen it with my own eyes. But one of the things that is true with our lives, it can be true in a positive way and it can be true in a negative way, is there are always unexpected consequences for things we do. We affect the lives of other people in so many ways. Since I have been at Children of Promise in my five years, I'll mention four unexpected consequences that I have come across. I can still remember them even though I'm 100 years old. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I'll mention four that are like rippling, like a stone goes in the water and it ripples through the waves and these are the rippling effects. Next slide, please. And uh, one of them just almost affects me as much as the children's lives. We go everywhere we are at least once every three years. You could go with us and interview children. Uh, and we go through the interview of every child in our program. But around the world, Children of Promise has over a thousand volunteers. We have no paid American employees around the world, which means that more of your resources actually get to the children because we don't have American salaries and housing and benefits and those kinds of things. 
And we work with these volunteers around the world. The World Bank did a survey and they asked some of the poorest people in the world, what's the worst thing about being poor? And of course, food was mentioned and healthcare and housing, but that was not the number one thing that bothered the poor around the world. The poor around the world said the worst thing about being poor is we have no voice, we have no power to bring about change, and we have no resources. We cannot change anything. So I go to all the places, I've been to half of our, our countries around the world so far, and when I talk to those volunteers in those villages, some who cannot read or write, but they love their children and they love their Lord and they burn to make a difference. And I go to those volunteers and I say, without you, there is no children of promise in this village. Without you, your children are not being fed. They're not getting their health care. Without you, they are not in school. And without you, there are children in this village who would not know Jesus Christ. You are changing your own village or your own town. Without you, we are not here. Because the truth is this, that's, that is true. We need our thousand volunteers or we fall apart. Our office is important too. We have three full-time employees and five part-time employees. And without the sponsors, there is no children of promise. We are all children of promise. The volunteers around the world are children of promise. Our office, I have the shirt, I'm children of promise. And you are children of promise. And we come together and do that. But to go to those folks and say, your lives matter because it's true is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. And I will say this as an aside. There are some of you who teach Sunday school classes or might help. Do you have vacation Bible school here? No, but you have, you have ministries here. You do your ministries and then you go to work and you go home and you go on about your lives and you may not realize the difference that you make. The other thing that, that I notice is uh, hope. Karen Lambert was our uh, leader of Children of Promise in Ecuador, and she was talking about the first year we started Children of Promise in Ecuador, and one of the questions they ask all the kids is, what are you, what are you gonna do? What are your dreams as you grow up? Not one child had an answer because their parents had been poor all their life, their grandparents, everybody in their villages are poor. They had never dreamed. They had only wanted to survive. And within a few years, they started talking about all the things they wanted to do. The very first boy with a dream was a boy named Danny. He dreamed of being a doctor and he became a doctor. Amen. Children of Promise gives the hope of a better and a different life. Up in the right-hand corner, I have a picture of a graduate, but this is one of the things that is just so amazingly cool. Around the world, there are a group of children who are growing up and they're fed, they're healthy, they're educated, and they are passionate for Jesus Christ. And they are the pipeline of next generation leadership. But this is one of the things that makes them so passionate we talk about the love of Christ, and I can tell you about the need and the hunger and all those things around the world, and you can feel bad for those people, and you can even feel love for those people. But I would say to you, 
that as you read the Bible, in the New Testament particularly, if you read about love in the New Testament, love is almost always defined in terms of the attitudes that we have towards others and the actions that we choose to take. Love is seen in the Bible as something that is real and active and we do something. And these children go to church and they hear about the love of God for their life. Isn't that great? But they see the love of God because sponsors who may never meet them be in the name of Jesus Christ care enough that their lives are changed and they see the love of God. I, today as I drove, I didn't know there was coffee here. I stopped and bought a cup of coffee. I spent a dollar and 29 cents for a cup of coffee. I thought it was a bargain until I got here and could have had free coffee. I'm the guest. <laughs> Cookies. Oh, you, you, I don't even want to go there. I had time to the sermon. I sponsor my child for a dollar and a nickel a day. How can, you, how can you do all this? Provide food and health care and education and spiritual nourishment. I don't even know. It, it just boggles me that we can do that for a dollar and a nickel a day. Now, in a few countries, it's a little bit more money. But almost everywhere, it's a dollar and a nickel a day. How do we do that? On the right-hand corner in the, in the bottom is a picture of a boy. His name is Bishu. I have met Bishu. I took that picture. Bishu is from India. He was a children of promise child, and his father sold him. They had huge medical bills. The wife was going to die, and he had several children. To keep the wife alive, he sold his child. In his case, the church in India, children of promise, the sponsor, all got together and we rescued that boy. There have been studies that say that programs like ours that totally immerse themselves, it's a hedge of protection around the children because the church is involved in every aspect of those children's lives is the best protection against human trafficking in the world. Isn't that, it is amazing, isn't it? And I kidded the Sunday school class, and I've warned several of you I could go for three hours. I could tell, spend an hour telling you stories that demonstrate that I know that's true. That the church is so immersed in the lives of the children, they are there watching them and protecting them. It's such an important thing. And I am here today to tell you that around the world you are doing that. Isn't that amazing? We receive, uh, when every letter that is sent to sponsors, and every child writes a sponsor twice a year, and sponsor, we hope, writes back, but we read every letter that comes through, and, and I think my favorite all-time letter that came through is from a little girl in Nepal. And the children write, and they'll write about their school, and they'll write about their family, and they'll write about their church, and, and those general things. But this little girl, at the end of her letter, the poet in her came out. And at the end of her letter, she wrote, I am like a little flower. My mother planted the seed of life. The church watered the seed. And you, dear sponsor, 
you are the manure of my life. <laughs> I almost sent that in as a title. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. She's right. She's right. That's what you do. And so I am so thankful to the Church of God here in Butler for all that you do. But I'll tell you this. I pastored almost for 30 years. After being at Children of Promise for five years and learning some things, I think I am almost capable of pastoring a church. <laughs> I've learned so much. I went to my pastor after a trip and took my pastor out for breakfast. If you want to meet with the pastor, if you offer food, it usually helps. <laughs> and at least in my church. And over breakfast, I said to my pastor, I want our church to be a Children of Promise church. And he looked at me and he said, you must be 100 years old. We already support Children of Promise. <laughs> uh, and we have about 100 kids out of our church. And I said, no, no, no. I believe the church should be like Children of Promise. Now, in the American culture and in the American way and using slightly different definitions for what it means to be in America, I want my church to be a place where people are fed. Now, our church literally and physically feeds people, and perhaps your church does too. But I was in a church a couple weeks ago where someone came up to me before church and said, feed us today. We can be fed in many ways, can't we? I want the church to be a place where people come and they are fed in the way that they need to be fed. Pastor, I want my church. I want my church to be a place where people come and find healing. I was in a Sunday school class here today and there were a lot of physical things that we were praying for and physical challenges that people face. But I will tell you this about me. The most healing that I need in my life has nothing to do with what you can see on the outside. There have been things that have happened to my life that have damaged me. There have been people who have done things in my life that have shaped and warped and brought damage to my life. And it's just possible, I guess, that maybe I've done a few things <laughs> that damaged my life. I need healing. I need to become whole. I need to go to a place where I can be healed. And that's what I want my church to be. Don't you want that for here? I know you want that for here. And in different terms and in a different way, we do schooling. But I told my pastor, our church should be a place where we are taught. We are taught that the Son of God has come to be with us. And He has shown us that if we walk this path, if we walk this road, if we go down this road, if we lose our life in Him, we find it. And by walking this life, we find a life that is full and abundant and life like God has intended it to really be. And people need to know that. 
It is good to sing praise, but I want my church to be a place where I learn how to walk that path, and I want others to learn how to walk that path. Don't you? That's what I want for the church. But most of all, I told my pastor, I want my church to be a place where I can come in my poverty or in my wealth, in the days when I'm having good days or bad days, and if I'm walking strong in the faith, or if I've had those moments of weakness where I have stumbled and I have fallen, when I am holding on by my faith by the fingernails that I'm still wanted, and there are people who care about me, and they don't simply talk about caring about me, but I see it in the way they live their lives. I want a church that lives the love that we talk about. Don't you want to go to a church like that? I am talking about a church that I believe does those things. I am talking about the whole church. But I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. I'm talking about a group but I'm acknowledging the responsibility of my own life and my walk of faith with Jesus Christ. I am here today to say thank you. And yes, I have a table. <laughs> and yes, I have children who need sponsored. If you go over and look at it in the coffee area, is the coffee really free there? Okay, maybe. <laughs> If you look at the table, I'm not going to walk up to you and say, will you do this or will you do that? You'll tell me. So I want you to walk there without worrying about that sort of thing. But you can see that. But mostly, mostly, I look at what you're already doing. I am so thankful to you. While I am talking right now, each and every day, there are people's lives who are being changed because of you. Father, I want to thank you so much. I am sometimes wired to always think about what the next thing is, about the next thing that I have to do in the next place and how we can do things better and to challenge people to do more. But Father, I also want to take time to say thank you for what I see that you are doing in the lives of your people and in the lives of your church. So Father, I ask that your blessing may be upon the Butler Church, that you will continue to bless them. Almost every single person here would also pray that there would be greater vision and greater outreach and more things to do. But I am just so thankful for what I already see. And I ask, Father, that you bless this church and these people for what they do. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.